That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 226 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for giving the episode a listen. This is the second episode in my previews for the 2023 AFL season. In just a moment, I am going to be joined by Duck of the Purple Rain podcast as we preview the Fremantle Dockers for 2023. Now, folks, don't forget that you can find everything about the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll sign up for the mailing list there. If you enjoy the show, you want to leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or right through my website, it'd be a huge help. And uh, also, if you are interested in having a local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, shoot me a note via email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Drop me a note on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm on all of those. I'm on LinkedIn as well. If you look for a Yank on the Footy or you search out my name, Craig Wessels, you're going to find me. Now, today's club of the episode are the University Football Club in WA. And this was one that was recommended to me by Duck. Absolutely thrilled to give them a shout-out. And... Just looking at some of their history on their website, this is just a fascinatingly powerful club, I think. Uh, As it says, the club was founded in 1911, and over their 100-plus year history now, they've garnered a staggering 105 flags upon or over all of the different levels of competition. And uh, it's absolutely amazing. Now, the club's motto, which I'm, I don't do Latin, so I'm not going to tr- try to pronounce the Latin, uh, translates to lay bare and conquer. And I've got to tell you, that is one of the most intimidating club slogans I have ever heard. I mean, that just, it, it sounds almost Viking-esque, if you will, like, you know, we're, we're going to come pillage, we're going to dis, you know, destroy your old, it's just, it's, it's an intimidating one, and, and I, I, it's like, I like that one a lot, that is, that is a very cool one. Now, they have four men's, three Colts, and two women's sides, uh, their first women's side to win a premiership, if I'm not mistaken, was in 2018, I believe. Now, they are in the, the, uh, process of doing some serious renovations, uh, with an upgrade to the Neil Donaldson Pavilion at the grounds, and I do wish University the absolute best of luck going forward into 2023. Uh, truly a uh, really, really neat uh, club based upon everything that I read about them on their website. So I appreciate uh, Duck for mentioning that one to me. I really like digging into that one today. So let's go ahead and d- jump into my uh, chat with Duck from the Purple Rain podcast and talk about Fremantle for 2023. And we'll come back and close things out after that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another preview episode. And I am thrilled to be welcoming Duck from the Purple Rain podcast. We've been talking a little bit off air. Uh, We both share the same career. Uh, Duck, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, Craig. Good to chat to you before, mate. There's uh, a lot of teacher talk, bud. That's yes. uh, that's yeah. how it goes. But uh, get a couple of chalkies together, mate. Uh, we, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I haven't had I haven't had chalk in my classroom in a few years, but it's yeah. Oh but, no, yeah, neither, yeah. neither. Yeah. Still, yeah. still the, dr- the dry erase boards. But yep, yep. So <laughs> you are a diehard Fremantle Docker supporter. I am wearing a purple shirt tonight while we're recording this. You know. I, I don't own any Dockers gear. I, it's pretty much all 
these guys back here behind me, as you can see, uh, being a cat supporter. But, uh, you know, I love, as I tell people, I love watching. I want the cats to win, and then I want to watch eight other great games. I want to, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 what I want to see happen. And it's kind of like you. I'm sure you know you you want to see the Dockers win, the Eagles lose, and then seven other great games. <laughs> um, I mean, I know, I know, I uh, I know, I I sent you a message about you talking to Wazzy yesterday. Uh-huh. But look, I'm not, a, I'm not. I actually, I don't mind the Eagles. They're it, yeah. it's just their supporters that are the pain in the ass, mate. To be honest, <laughs> but uh, uh, the the Eagles are all right. So, do you have any Eagle supporters in your classes? Oh yeah, man. Hey, it's 50. Okay. It's pretty much, you know, it's, it's probably, or I'd say it's about 50, 50, just about maybe a few like Docker supporters this year were a bit more up and about and the, you know, the boys from my school know that I do the podcast with the Dockers mm-hmm. and they're, they're always like, Oh, how good, sir. How good. And like, give me a fist bump. And <laughs> on, on, on Mondays, on Mondays, if we win, I do like to wear my Dockers uh, zip up vest and uh, just uh, show the colors where the purple. So, there you, you know, go. um, it's uh, it's one of those things that stands out, and you know, you do know all the Dockers fans and all the Eagles fans, and right. you know, to be honest, over the last six years, it's been a, it's been a pretty uh, dire, dire time for Dockers fans, especially considering the Eagles won a flag, and they're always super successful, and it wouldn't it, surprise me this year if they don't like somehow win it. There'll be some, they'll pull something out of their ass, and Nick Nat will get some. <laughs> regrowth in his knee and something like that but we're here to talk dockers not yes, eagles because yes. i know i can well, yeah. i can talk a lot about both teams well and that, and that's okay you know it, last year was a pretty successful year you know finishing fifth on the ladder now i have to admit i i think i know i had them in the eight last year i don't know if i had them quite that high because i had the cats six on the ladder last year uh mm-hmm. going into the season but i had the i had the dockers making the finals in 2021 on my, my ladder prediction I had. So I was a year early with them, but you know, they, they kind of had a, you know, a a similar problem that, that in some ways it kind of happened even a little bit this past year where, you know, they struggled to score from time to time, Um, you know, very solid defense, great midfield, but you know, once the ball got into the forward 50, what's going to happen with it then? But you know, yeah, it's it, it's been an issue and it'll be an issue this year as well. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an ongoing thing with the Dockers. I mean, we we've drafted one good forward in our history, Matt Pavlich, and he mm-hmm. played in the midfield and the back line and all over the place. You know, um, apart from that, you know, Tony Modra, we we traded for him and got two good years out of him. We got uh, traded for Jeff Farmer, small forward, got a couple of good years out of him. Paul Meadows came and went. You know, like um. Clive Waterhouse, he he was an enigma wrapped in a riddle, you know, um, <laughs> and you know probably didn't didn't fulfill his his overall potential, but he was he was amazing, Clive, just amazing to watch, and you know since then we've got Jai Miss now, we've got um, the man we like to call the Dick Cyclone, um, Josh Tracy, um, you know we've we've got Matty Tabs who's just a, a working class forward, we lost Rory right. Lobb who's you know as much as um, you know, he was our leading goal kicker. He was he was just a frustration to watch, really. 
Um, but yeah, we we really haven't had any good key forwards since Matty Pavlich, and even really before that as well. You know, apart from mods. So we're we're it's it's our big Achilles heel, and it it it, it doubles down when you see what's happening across the road, and they seem yeah. to just pull key forwards from WA in particular <laughs> out of their backsides and and key position players in particular. So you know, it's um it's 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 a frustration. I think this year we'll probably see a bit of a regression because of it. You know, you can't mm-hmm. expect Luke Gat- Jackson and Sean Darcy all of a sudden to become good forwards 50 50 forwards and 50 right. 50 ruckman and whatever happens there but i mean sean darcy is actually a a super underrated shot for goal he he just can kick goals um which is quite positive luke jackson jackson obviously we'll probably talk about him in a while but he's right right he could be anything as well but look it, it's going to come down to joy miss and and a guy by the name of sam sturt the guy we like to call the desert p who from all reports you know is a good player, but lacks the stuff that we really love in the forward line, which is a good mm-hmm. tackler, you know, which yeah. is, that's that's the ongoing frustration is that well, we've got all the, our, our forward line is essentially, a t- we're defend first forward line, which is, you know, I don't know, but my old man always used to say, you don't get your name in the paper for goal assists, you know, so kick goals, that's what the forwards are there for, yeah. that's what they get paid for, but instead we we like to have a real defensive forward line. Well, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna use a very, I think in 2023, a very inappropriate statement, but a baseball analogy that they used to say here, and I guess you could even you could even apply it to golf, but the, the statement used to be, chicks dig the long ball, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, like, we, I said, like I prefaced it saying, yeah, maybe it's not, not maybe you know, we'll frustrate a few people there, but you, yeah. know, the, you know, the guys are hitting home runs, you know, the guys that are, you know, at cricket who are hitting the ball, I don't know what yeah. the terminology is for who they put over the little, the little lip there, what they with yeah, six runs, look, it? I mean, I'm a yeah, that's a six if you hit yeah. it over the boundary. Um, you know, like I'm it's one of those things where I think the Dockers in particular in their forward line, there's no one, and Mike Lombardi always talks about it when you're driving to the stadium and who you're worried about. There's no one in that forward line that you really like shaking in your boots about. Whereas, you know, if you're going and you're playing against Geelong and you're like, all right, we've got a Jeremy Cameron and and Tom Hawkins, we've got to we've got to lock down both those guys. So you got two guys that you're worried about when you're driving to the stadium on oh, that man. team bus. Whereas with the Dockers, you're like you're driving to the stadium and you're like, who's this guy? Like who? Like <laughs> Jai Jai Amis? Like who? Like well, and- you know, and that's that, that's the thing that that it, it worked this year in the fact or last year that we got under under people's mm-hmm. radars with our small Ford gang and um. And our our small forwards being able to get to work most games, Lockie Schultz, Switkowski, Michael Frederick, um, Sonny Walters, you know, those guys being able to to get to work and and kick a couple of goals here and there. But, you know, the rest of the 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 tour forwards, the the real game breakers, um, they we just don't have that at the moment. And hopefully we will see it, but well, I think we're a couple of years off. Are you are you ex- are you expecting Luke Jackson to play most of his time in the forward line this year? Well, I mean, the thing is that they're reporting is that they might even play him out on a wing or in the midfield, like mm-hmm. as a rocker over, like as a as a on ball. It's it's really weird what they're reporting out of the and like the from all reports, it's he's so unique and he's so, his his physical attributes are so special mm-hmm. that he could play anywhere. You know, he can play anywhere, backline, forward, mid, rock, whatever, wherever we want to put him, and it's it's. It's a good thing, but it's also like jack of all trades, master of none, you know, like we, 
what we got Luke Jackson, fantastic, great player. Always need good players in your club, but we need a key forward. <laughs> we right, don't. Right. We didn't really. We didn't really need a ruckman. You know what I mean? And look, to be, it, it might sound a bit left field, but you know, all in all, if you want to, and look, Geelong Cats are probably the the key proponent of this, like in terms of money born and in Australia, we use the term money ball wrong. Like we don't understand what it means and it's finding mm-hmm. value in the players that don't have value and finding value in the salary cap, right. the salary cap value. We're putting a lot of money into two Ruckman. Now this is either, and Melbourne are doing the same thing. This is either right, going to go right. one of two ways. Either it's a complete breaks the competition or it breaks us. And mm-hmm. I think that the fact that we've, we're spending money on Ruckman where most clubs that are successful, if you go back and look through it, apart from Melbourne a couple of years ago, most clubs, the Ruckman, I mean, Reece Stanley, mate, like dead set, he's one of the biggest spuds running around on AFL footy team. And he's, he's got a, like a dead set, Reece Stanley, he he honestly, I, I he only plays a good game every now and again against the Dockers and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Reece Stanley's not a very good player. You know, we lost a, we lost a flag in 2013 to, I think it was Max Bailey or Robert Campbell, one of those two blokes who played for bloody... Hawthorne against Aaron Sandlin. So he's like probably one of the best Ruckman in the like, right, ever, right. You know? like yeah. He's in the top five Ruckman yeah. of all time. You know? So having a good Ruckman doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good team. Like Goldstein, he was, he's been all right. You know, yeah. Brody Grundy, you see what happened to him. Maxie Gorn, he's a good player, but like it, it's not, that's not what tips you over the edge. What tips you over the edge is key forwards that can kick goals and a, a solid back line and a good midfield more than anything. And, yeah, and mid, midfielders that can do something with the ball once the ruck is done with it. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, you know, like yeah. It, it, yeah, you know, and look, Sean Darcy's been really good for us. And But look, just going back, I, I mean, it, it might sound crazy, but I think it, if at the end of this we – we look back and we go, oh, we've actually derailed everything to get Luke Jackson and it hasn't worked out. Then it's a, unfortunately it's another, it's another dockery thing as we like to call it, yeah. but it, it could on the flip side, it could, it could actually be a precedent for two Ruckman, Ruckman are back. What's going mm-hmm. on here? Like spend money yep. on Ruckman, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to, to see how it's going to go. Do you, do you think that, as far as Luke Jackson goes, do you think that that now that he is back home, is it more of a deep deep breath and exhale? All right, I'm home, or oh crap, I'm home. I've got to perform now. Ugh, it's a bit of a tough one because I mean, historically speaking, people have come back to the Dockers like from over east have been okay. It's a bit of a hard one, like. Jeff Farmer came back and he's from where I'm from down in Tambor. So I've got a massive, that's why I'm a Dockers fan because mm-hmm. of the whiz. Um, if you want to watch, I don't know how much of a history, how, how long have you been watching footy for Craig? Have you, uh, I started watching pretty closely in 2016. So it's been okay, about so six go, or seven years. Jump, jump, on, jump on YouTube and watch Jeff Farmer, nine goals versus Collingwood. Okay. It's Melbourne versus Collingwood. He got benched, and this is back in the day when they used to literally bench blokes, and they wouldn't come back on. He got benched like in the third, in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Someone hurt themselves. He came back on in the second half and kicked nine. And these wow. goals are like out of everywhere. It is like it's it's <laughs> it's that good, but it's yeah. that good. And like, just look up Jeff Farmer highlights, mate, and you're in okay. for an absolute treat. Okay. The wizard, and he's so he's from the little country town that I'm from in Tambor, and like he is like he got drafted from that country town. 
just mm-hmm. straight up playing playing as a 15, 16, 17 year old in Tambor up. And then he he went over to Melbourne and and set the world afire and came back to came back to Dockers and played pretty solid at the Dockers. He had a really good run in 26. But that's enough. So that's enough wizard talk. Um but <laughs> I think the question was about Luke Jackson. I think Luke Jackson, he's still a young guy. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit, really. Sky's yeah. the limit. And look, being being a, a bit of an optimistic Dockers fan, which is pretty rare to find, um, I think, and pro- probably most listeners would say that I'm not an optimistic Dockers fan when they listen to the pod, but I think that Jackson could be anything. And I really hope that he, he is the, the missing piece. I don't think he's going to be a 30-40 goalless player, season player that we need, but mm-hmm. he'll be a part of a really strong midfield group that, um, we have going forward and a okay. really strong core group of guys under 25. Like we've got a lot of really good players under 25, you know, Sarong, Darcy, Jackson, Brayshaw, um, Chapman, Young, Clark in the back line. Mm-hmm. Um, Cox and Ryan have just turned 25. I think they're around that age. Um, you know, you've got Nadio Driscoll on the wing. He's a gun. Um, Matt Johnson and Neil Erasmus and Jaya Miss, who haven't played much, but they are all really good. I mean, Matt Johnson could be anything, um, uh, you know, and then you've got Michael Frederick in the forward line. Right, right. With with Dick, Dick Tracy and hopefully um, that's Josh Tracy and hopefully, um, you know, Sam Sturt, who was our first round draft pick from a couple of years ago, actually, you know, mm-hmm. gets... Gets, gets into the game because he's he's a guy who's like a Bailey Fritch who can just kick two or three goals to have two or three touches, kick two or three goals. But right, right, it's not not really J Lo's Justin Longmuir's type of player that he likes, and it's not really the Dockers type of player that they like. But he is a guy that we could could use, but he doesn't really fit the game plan, unfortunately, yet. So he's got to work on that tackling, which we, we need all our forwards to tackle. Though none of them are allowed to kick goals. They're all just on the tackle bags, just learning how to tackle tackle so, first and then so be- go second. Before we go further into 2023, I do want to take a step back to last yeah. year. And uh, what is David Mundy's legacy with Fremantle? What, uh, do you think his, what David- is his legacy for the club? He's up there with like so essentially we've probably got a pyramid in terms of our greatest players so Pav's number one and then Fife and Mundy are a joint second okay um in terms of their and and David Mundy's longevity is probably the thing that's gonna really put him in instead and like he's just a great player and look to be honest I know that um the likes of like a Scotty Pendlebury are probably going to be regarded as a better player and probably were a better player. But if, if David Mundy was in Melbourne, they would be absolutely I was, I was gonna ask that, raining yeah. the praise on him. Like he's mm-hmm. he's probably the most under and you know what? He's a genuinely good bloke as well. He's a mm-hmm. nice guy. Um he's got two boys and a girl as well. So he's a good family man. He's a good good dad. He's his kids are mad that but they get it as well, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, like we we came down on the players lift or the lift one day to go into the going to the change rooms after a game. And one of his sons was like, we kicked a hundred points. How good is that? And I was like, this kid gets it because we never <laughs> kick a hundred points. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, he's, he's going to be known as just a great guy as well. He, he only got to captain the team for one year, which is a little bit, you know, disappointing. And look, that's, that's how life goes. It just happened to be in our worst year. And 
he uh, but he'll go down as one of the better midfielders and and probably probably in in uh, when all things come up in the wash he'll be our top three players of all time in our short history so far so okay. and it's just yeah it's hard to go past him um in terms of just as a as a genuinely good person you know and i think that that as a as a as a person that's all that really matters in life you know like talk about footballers and things like that but he's just a genuinely good bloke and a really nice guy and um, I hope he gets to stay. It gets to come back to the club in some some facet. I think he's right, a, quite right. an intelligent man, but he's you know who knows he's probably got better and bigger things to do outside of football. Right. But you know, f- football players love football clubs as well. It's hard, right? To get right. I mean, there's you know, I, I I see where a lot of you know people who have left the game, you know, do kind of stay on the periphery of it in some aspect. But uh, mm. you know, you, he may have something that's certainly more lined up, but probably is going to be staying in the area and will be, I would imagine, I would think. Yeah. You I'd know, like to see him probably stick to the media as well. He does a really good podcast and he's, he's really well-spoken and he's a, he's a smart guy. So wouldn't be surprised if one of the, the um, footy commentary teams pick him up, even if it's well, like ABC on the radio or something like that, or, or well, SEN. Fox, Fox, Fox footy has an opening with uh, Nick Rewald staying in Texas for a year. So yeah, yeah. well, mate, I tell you what, that, I mean, we've got Pav. It's yeah. it's pretty annoying. You know, do you know that they actually commentate like half the commentary teams stay in Victoria all the time? Mm-hmm. So when you watch a Dockers game, you've got either Eddie McGuire, Kelly Underwood, or someone like that commentating with a special comments person in Victoria, and then you've got Adam Papali and Matt Pavlich in in WA just sitting right. there and they're just waiting. And it's you know, it's a, it's it's an interesting thing. I think Adam Papali is probably the best commentator from a WA perspective because he knows all the players mm-hmm. like it's really and it, look it's it's a tough job commentating but if you're watching one Dockers game a week or one Dockers game every month and uh, compared to every week watching them and right. the Eagles and things like that you actually get to know the players and we've got all these relatively young unknown guys so it's um you know it's just it's good and Paps is he's awesome and he's a nice guy as well but you know like just having that WA commentary helps and I, I'm really surprised that there isn't like something on our Foxtel or KO, you know, like our cable TV or our streaming services that you can actually change the commentary. Be quite nice actually to get like the local, the local like ABC commentary on the, on the broadcast. It'd be good to, good to hear, but you know, are are you able to, when you're watching the games, are you able to, you know, like sync up the radio call with the T with the TV call? Uh, you can, but it's too hard. It's too okay. hard. So, you know, like it just, yeah, you could, but I mean, sometimes I watch it either not on mute, but I, I, I try and turn it down or something mm-hmm. like that. It's weird. So where we sit at home games, a couple of the journos like to have the commentary on and it, it, it's weird because it does sway what you what you start to think and write and say. So like the commentary that's coming through, you're kind of listening to it. Oh yeah, no, that guy is having a good game. Like, oh right. yeah, that's what he's and it's like you kind of it all becomes a circle within a circle, you know? So it it's a little bit of a weird one. And like it's like even we we went to a game. Uh, a preseason game, and there was only like is at the start of last year. It was all COVID stuff in WA, so mm-hmm. we were like literally us and the media. There was no one else in there, and the the game was delayed on the TV by about five ten seconds. Mm-hmm. So like we'd have the ball in the back line on the field we're watching out there, yet the TV would be like in our forward line. So it was mm-hmm. just like it was. I couldn't do it. I couldn't handle it. But like 
uh, so we had to leave. I was like, mate, I cannot handle this. And I asked one of the journos if I could turn the turn the like the TV down. I was like, mate, can we turn this down? And he's like, no, nah, I've got to list out the injuries. I'm yeah. like, just watch the game. Like, what the hell? Anyway, <laughs> it's just a bit of a pain in the backside. But you know, like it's one of those things that you you you've got to you just deal with. But yeah, it's right. it's interesting being in the media boxes and things like that, and actually seeing what happens and how that that all goes about within that media cycle. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I've been I've been a I've been a public address announcer for Gridiron and for soccer at the school where I teach for the last 13 years. So I get I get to see a lot of that and it's uh we used to have an administrator at our school who liked to come up and uh with a buddy of his and he's not at the school anymore so i can mention this and uh, he would want to have conversations about every, everything going on in the world while standing right behind me while i'm mm. trying to announce the game and it's just it's like yeah. seriously there's an entire stadium you could you could be <laughs> in right now and you're standing right here just yeah. Get the hell out of here! Come on, man, you're killing me. Yeah, I've got to be locked in and concentrated. And yeah. like I write yeah. my little notes and and have have we have our computers up there and things like that. Yep. And you you put together something that you can talk about, but you know it does it does take a little bit of time to get get into that mindset and 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 like actually have that. And like I'm always like when the game starts getting tight, I don't write anything down and mm-hmm. I'm, I get swept up in the game. And you know, like any fan, we just sit there and we it's so funny because me and I was aren't to cheer because we're up there in the media thing and they're like just beat like keep stun so we like punch each other and we like slap like, each other's legs and grab each other's yeah, yeah like that yep the old uh and uh it's, it's it's good fun but like we we really love it we like sit right at the back and we do little spins in our chair and things mm-hmm. like that so it's really okay. cool but it, it's it's good to i think every now and again we try and get out into the into the stands and have a little bit of a listen and and see what's going on with the crowd but no nah, it's um it's 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 quite a privilege to be a part of that so what you know you you mentioned before that you think that the club might take a little bit of a step backwards this year but overall what are what are your expe- expectations this year what are your ex- what, uh, what do you what do you want to see think, come out of this look being a realist i think that um you know we might we'll probably finish in that middle middle six as uh, Mark Duffield likes to call it. So bottom six, top six, middle six. So mm-hmm. I think we'll finish anywhere from six to 12th, which, you know, if we finish in that bottom bottom part of that middle six, it means no finals. But right. I would like to I, – I don't think we go up from the middle because we're, we're fifth. We're in the top six, but I thought we're, you know, we, we actually, yeah, we were a solid part of it, but I think we might just regress a little bit. So, mm-hmm. look, anywhere from – eight or like 10th to six, I think will be our spot. I think, um, you know, there's a, we, we managed to get Yago Amir, Amir, which was right, a great right. addition. Um, yep. our, our young guys are another year older, another year stronger. We've got a lot of young guys coming through. We only drop off David Mundy. Um, realistically, Fife could come back and play a more of a roll up forward, which would be great. But, you know, I don't have much faith in Fife to play more than 20 more games for the Dockers, unfortunately. His body's just breaking down on him. He's a hard-hitting, you know, he's like a running back in the NFL. Like, right. you just, there's a, the you know, after a while, there's only so many hits that your body can take. And mm-hmm. the poor bugger's got, he had a bad back, bad shoulder, got an infection. Um, you know, he's he's broken his leg twice. His shoulder's cooked. 
you know, his back's starting to get cooked. So, you know, like you don't expect the world from him. He had one good game last year and the rest of the time he was pretty much below his lofty standards and and just a pretty average player. And, yeah. you know, he's got one year left on his contract and it's a, it's a very big contract. I think he was the highest paid player in the AFL for a long period of time. And uh, look, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he if he goes somewhere else next year or if he stays on a really smaller deal because I think uh, you know just just from the mindset of Fife, I think that he wants to be considered the greatest ever Docker, and the only way he can do that is if he delivers the first flag as captain, mm-hmm. um, and that means a lot of sacrifice from him. And look, I'm, uh, I think that we we've got the midfield now that we don't actually need him to play in the mids. You know, Brayshaw, Sarong. Brody, O'Meara, um, you know, you've yeah. got you've got guys in there who can who can play in the midfield. And and when he came back at the end of last year, it kind of actually put a spanner in the works a little bit. So but look, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, because, see what happens with, with him. Because things had been going well, mm-hmm. but you know, you're you're bringing your captain back into the side, and you know, and it's it's uh as much as you know you want to have your captain out there you had there were things that were going well and uh it put throwing a spanner into the mix is 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 a great way to describe it um you know we we would call it a monkey wrench here but uh yeah. you know same same yeah same thing um yeah but you yeah know, it just it just yeah he's just i mean he's a great player and any team would really want him but on mm-hmm. the other side as well it did it did kind of upset the apple cart and the midfield was was settled um and we saw a really outstanding season from Andy Brayshaw Caleb Sarong is is another really fantastic player that we've managed to draft in and um you know we just say thank you for Adelaide for drafting Fisher McHasty or whatever the hell the guy's name was who's already left. Yeah. You know, we'll take we'll take Hayden Young off a halfback who's elite. And then Caleb Sarong who's an inside midfielder who's got so much mongrel about him. Like the the Dockers fans love him. He's proper blue collar mongrel. You know, he's um he's a really fantastic player and and he flies the flag for the boys and he's got that mix of really elite hands. Mm-hmm. Um and and some solid foot skills, but also that in and under skill that that matches up with Brayshaw really well. And you know, it was a bit disappointing Adam Chera left last year, but you know, that's that's yeah. how it goes. And we managed to get Will Brody in in the first salary dump that's probably ever happened. And it goes under the radar a bit that we got Will Brody and pick nineteen, who is Matt Johnson, um, who looks like he could be the next David Monday as well. From all reports, there you go. There you go. Um, you know, so you've got. And Will Brody was, we call him the steak knives because he was like, just, a, they threw him in, but it, it actually was a proper, <laughs> proper, proper salary dump, um, uh-huh. you know, and um, he's, he was outstanding. But I think the only thing, and I've said this to a few of my, my Dockers friends and things like that, I think the reason we got Yago Mira is because we saw the peak of Will Brody. And when it got to the finals time, he was out of the, let's say there's eight midfielders. He was eighth. Mm-hmm. You know, when the when the whips got cracking, he was eighth best midfielder. And look, I, I really I like Will Brody. I think he's a he's a real go getter. But if you want to take the next step, you need someone like Diego Mira, who yeah. realistically that trade came out of nowhere. That was like right, right. Ryan da- Ryan Daniels reported that they're interested, but he's probably going to go to Gold Coast. I mean, at Gold Coast GWS mm-hmm. come from Gold Coast, and um, he just the Dockers got him and it was like, well, Oh crap. Like we've got, well, we've got Jaeger mirror. Like what the hell is going on? And he, and he is from Perth, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Perth, so he went to, yeah. got drafted to the Gold Coast, 
went down to Hawthorne yeah. and then yeah, he's come back. Well, his, his missus is from Perth I, as well. I, I, ha- I have to be cool. honest with you. You know, my, my wife became a, uh, uh, my current wife who I've been married to now for 27, 27, 28 years, something. Yeah. 27 years. I should know that number. Um, but, uh, but the, uh, you know, she became a baseball fan and, and became fans of certain players based upon whether they were cute or not. So oh, yeah. I was trying to get yeah, her, Mary, good I Mary was stuff. trying to get her interested in footy. So I found, I had found a news article where at the time the Hawks were training at some beach somewhere. And there's, you know, Hey, there's Diego Ermira, you know, in his budgie smuggler on the beach training. And I, I sent her a link to this article and I said, you know, he doesn't wear much more than that when he plays the games, but she still hasn't watched <laughs> any footy with me yet. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, I've been trying, but uh, she's just, you know, she's, she's more of a baseball fan. So. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So, you know, I think the schedule, the people who put your fixture together this year, did you a, a pretty solid favor because you have a very, I don't want to say easy, but it, it could be a very positive start to the year for Fremantle with, you know, starting out, yeah. with, you know, St. Kilda, North, West Coast, Adelaide and Gold Coast. I mean. Yeah, no, look, it, it's one of those things similar to last year that if you start well, like we yeah. had a good start to the season, we won yeah. a lot of games. And then we had the harder games toward the back end. And look, I think if we start well and our, our we're fit and firing, which um, Phil Merriman, our new strength and conditioning guy, has got the boys up and about over the last two years. And, um, you know, we, we've got a real big sniff of, of finishing in that top four, especially like because if you win the first five or six games, like all of a sudden you're flying, confidence mm-hmm. is up. You know, wins become more wins and and you go from there. So it'll be interesting to see how our start goes, especially given our our new forward line look and and what we're looking at there. So yeah, but look, I'd be wouldn't surprise me if Ross Lyon won the first game against the Dockers if he he, uh, he came Good in point. the big the Ross Lyon. Um I mean, I, I still think that he's probably the best tactician in the AFL and, uh-huh. and, and even last year and the year before and he, his mind and his, his ability to get them the middle range players to play their absolute best is, is his, his elite skill. But with Max King out, I think he's out yeah, for the yeah. first part of the season. That's really going to hurt him because Ross Lyon's game plan is predicated on, we need one good key forward. And you look mm-hmm. what he did with St. Kilda with Revolt. Then he comes over with Pavlich. Right. And then as soon as Pavlich retired, the wheels fall off and we can't, you can't well, kick any goals. So. I was, I was going to ask, do you, you know, is it, is this a game that if you're placing a wager on it, are you betting the under in terms of the total points for the game? Cause this one might be a low scoring affair. <laughs> yeah, it could be old, uh, old Roscoe's lockdown defense. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, it, it, it could be interesting. I think there's a little bit of a, it's starting to get a little bit of a miss conception around JLo's um scoring ability in our game plan like we we do kick a lot of goals now and and look over the last like the year before last when in 2021 when you were like right, oh, right. like Dockers are going to make the finals yeah dead set if we just kick straight and like right. the thing that doesn't get the thing that always never gets taken into consideration um unless you're on champion data which is hard to get to is the fact that um 
we have shots for goal that just miss and don't make the distance. Like we'll, we'll have, we'll have like six shots for goal every game that go out of bounds on the full or don't make, and that doesn't get included. And it's like, Oh yeah, we've kicked straight. It's like, no, no, we had an extra five shots and they didn't make the distance. Like Lockie Schultz sometimes can't kick at 30 meters and like blokes are kicking it out of bounds on the full and it doesn't get included. So, so, so why think, don't they, why don't they count, you know, the, the, the shots on goal that go out on the full, why well, don't they count those as shots they, on goal? They just like because you just look at the raw data and you go goals and points and that's it. Yeah. And you don't you don't look at but anything the, else. You said the just... champions data does show that though. Champion champion data does okay. show, but champion okay. data behind like you've got to you, you've got to do some deep like for to get the which is weird that the AFL don't just go look here's all the data like mm-hmm. just give everyone all the data like I think champion data their own business and you've got to pay for that kind of stuff. So it's it's kind of looking at that more analytical stuff. But okay, yeah, I think the Dockers if they can. Like last year, we actually got better at kicking goals, and even Matty Tabernar was a real straight kicker goal last year. We're always a sniff because we we do get make we do generate a lot of opportunities. Um, we just got to make the most of them, like any right. any good team. And look, our our big KPIs that we talk about on the Purple Rain are we've got to have number one, we kick straight. Number two, opposition don't kick straight. Number three, the umpire's got to give us a bit of a rub of the green, which. Um, None of those three things usually happen. So uh, <laughs> last last year, it seemed that it, it was uh, everything was coming up dockers at, at certain stages, you know. And you you win the odd game you should win. And I mean, we're getting out of that habit of not of losing games we shouldn't lose, which mm-hmm. is just quite good. Well, and you've got you know your your draw this year. You you know in terms of the clubs that you're playing twice, you've got a bit of a mixed bag there because you've got Brisbane, the Bulldogs, Sydney, and Geelong. But then of course you've got West Coast and Hawthorne. And Hawthorne, mm. I think, is going to be, you know, I think they're they're a club that is going to be hungry, but I don't know if they have enough. Yeah, they're just ready to make to, you know to make a yeah. jump yet. You know, so that that yeah, know, they're, they're, they'll be in the bottom five for the next couple of yeah. years. They just don't. And Sam Mitchell's a great coach, but mm-hmm. it's just not. Um, yeah, we always play the Eagles twice. I mean, it's it's the annoying thing about the the fixture. It's just. Again, it's a it's a relic of the VFL when they had twelve teams. Right, they kept it at twenty two rounds. It makes no sense whatsoever. It completes completely, you know, lacks any kind of logic. Um, personally, I think we should go to eighteen rounds. We're going up to twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's just yeah, it's it's a pretty grossly unfair system, but especially the the bias towards the Victorians. Um, but I would say that. You know, you go to, you do 18 rounds, you pay everyone once, and then your last round is your rivalry round. So we'll pay the Eagles. Okay. means you get one extra home game, you know, and you just pair up all the teams. You know, you have the Q clash, the battle of the bridge, the, you know, the showdown, and then you just, you know, random draw ranks the Victorian teams. I know as a Geelong fan, you'd probably want to play Hawthorne. That would be your main rivals, would you say? Over the last um, couple of years, or who would you say is your? That's what I. That's what I've been told. I mean, I do have a. I do have mm. a sticker on the back of my van that says, you know, I support you know Geelong and whoever's playing Hawthorne. Uh, but yeah. I don't. Nec- I don't so necessarily like, mean that. You but, know, uh, and then you just yeah. you do like you do like I don't know Carlton Collingwood St Kilda play that can mm-hmm. play the Western Bulldogs. They're both busted ass team. Melbourne yeah. can play North Melbourne and and Richmond, Richmond can play Essendon. Or, yeah, or, or Carlton Collingwood, Collingwood or whatever you want to yeah, do with those yeah, big four exactly. clubs. And even if you rotate it around and you go within Victoria, we're just going to play different teams, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, but like, if you did something like that, that's how I'd fix the fixtures. But okay. unfortunately what, what they're doing at the moment is just, it just doesn't make any sense, man. There's heaps of stuff in footy that doesn't so you, make any so sense. So you think there, you think, you think overall there are too many games being played each year? 
Yeah, just because it makes the fixtures yeah. unfair. Like okay. it, it honestly makes them unfair. And and if you're not playing home and away as well, and the way you do it is you just go, all right, you know, North Melbourne, you either play the Dockers or the Eagles. If you play mm-hmm. everyone once, you right, either play right. the Dockers or the Eagles in Perth. In Perth one yeah. year, and then yeah. the next year you play you the it. other team in Perth. Mm-hmm. And then that way, every like if you're if you're like let's say you're a um, I don't know a, a Bombers supporter or I don't know, I'll just put Carlton or something like that. Like they might not come to Perth for like three years. And you're like, what? Like I haven't seen the, just because of the luck of the draw, like the Brisbane have never played the Eagles in Perth. In, yeah. in sorry, at Optus, at Optus Stadium. Sorry. I think, okay. I think that's a, they always play the Dockers at Optus Stadium, but mm-hmm. they never play the Eagles. And like, that's the biggest trip in footy. So, you know, you've really got to try and make it fair. And I, I think that, even the if Dockers could play more games at the MCG, that would make it a bit fairer. Like we only played one or two games every year at the G, and then we're expected in grand final day. I mean, the I mean, we're talking about changes. I think the other thing we should do is just every second year the grand final be in Melbourne, and then just rotate it around the other cities. I mean, yeah. how how fair would that make? If you went, so that means you go Melbourne, Perth, Melbourne, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. How fair is that? And then that that way you get the the grand final shifts around. The fact of the matter is, is that in a couple of years, Brisbane's going to have a state-of-the-art stadium because of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So Optus Stadium's immense. Adelaide Oval's awesome. SCG's getting better. And I don't even play it at the SCG. I wouldn't, like that's, SCG's had the upgrades over the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. just make it fair. Like, make it fair. And if it's, you know, if you know the grand final's going to be in Sydney this year, guess what? You can book your tickets and just rotate it like that. That's it because the fact that the grand finals played in Melbourne every year is it's a joke, you know, and let's make it fair. Make it every second year, you know, yeah. the, okay. the grand final was played in Perth. It was played in Brisbane. The world didn't collapse. It nearly did, but you know, every, <laughs> but like there's this, there's this inherent thing that the Victorians feel that they, they own football and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, there are, a heap of other states that play it and WA and South Australia in particular that have got really strong football bases. Right. Right. And you no, know, um, it's um, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing that, and look, the, the AFL knows where their bread's buttered, but there's no other competition in the world that has everyone based in one city. And then a couple of teams scattered out. I mean, the yes, APL that's, true. Even, that's true. To an extent, like the premier league's got a few, like if you go to every other like, soccer competition even the nfl i mean i was trying to explain to someone i was like the afl is like if new york had 10 teams and then there was like one team in a couple other or two teams in a couple other cities and that's it like mm-hmm. two teams in la two teams in dallas two teams in like you know miami right, <laughs> and, right. and that was it really you know like it's a real weird weird competition in that sense and it's that's, um that's true know, it, that's true I think there's a there's a number of things that the the AFL could do to make it fairer because we're trying to have a fair competition yet it's mm-hmm. not fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's always going to be biased towards the Victorian teams. Um, just given and even like Richmond, like Richmond, I mean they won their games at then. Look, they won their Brisbane, they won that Brisbane Grand Final, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you know they're playing on the MCG. That's their home ground, right? Melbourne. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, it's all their. That's their home grounds, you know. So it's a, yeah, it's a real weird, weird one that well, um, could definitely be fixed. Keep in mind, I'm you know I'm a cat supporter who has you know watched the cats play lots of home finals games, not at home. Uh, no. Yeah, hey, you know the only home <laughs> final they've played in the last twenty years has been against the Dockers, two thousand and thirteen, baby Stephen Hill yeah. on the wing. 
Sandlands to Hill, away we go. <laughs> the Dockers got shafted in that. Like we we got sent down to Cardinia Park. Yeah. They never played a final down there. 2013, they sent us down there, qualifying final. And guess what? We stuck it right up, you mate. We stuck it yeah. right up. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I was not I was not following the game at that time. So yeah, I mean, but that's the that's the yeah, thing I'll, is that those little things like being a smaller, even though we're a pretty massive club, being a smaller mm-hmm. interstate club for them to go, you know what? Uh, we're going to play you. Yeah. yeah. You guys can go down to Cardinia. It's like, what? What the hell is going on? Like, and it just happened like that. It was like, oh, no, the game's in Geelong. And everyone's that was, like, hey, what, was, what is going on here? Did, did Fremantle finish higher on the ladder that year? No, no, no. Fremantle okay. finished lower. Um, okay. We finished, I think we finished third and you guys finished second. Okay. And we went down there and um, yeah, did the job, which was, it was, it, it's okay. probably in terms of games, it's I th- I would say it's the greatest Dockers game ever that and the Sydney prelim that followed it a couple of weeks later. Okay. Um, just in terms of the way the Dockers... and then unfortunately the grand final. If you uh, it's uh, the only grand final where Champion Data has ranked a team better that lost. So wow. Champion Data ranked yeah the Dockers is the better team and um in all the statistics and they lost mm-hmm. the game again inaccurate kicking. Um, I think we had five shots for goal in the first half that didn't register a score and we, yeah. kicked, we went in at halftime at one goal five so we had what's that 11 shots on goal for one five and wow. uh yeah we wow. managed to work our way back into the game we only lost by 15 points but okay yeah uh, that's um so that's that's dockers for you, mate. Let, let me let me ask you this and then i actually i have some trivia questions for you if you're up for those we'll see how we go okay they're all they're all dockers related so they're not you know, yeah i'm not i'm not yeah you know, i'm not asking you west coast stuff or gold coast or you know the <laughs> you know you know something from the the ntfl or anything like that but uh, mm. what what is the uh what is the end of the year headline for the dockers 2023 season is over what's the headline in the in the newspaper in perth about the dockers season whenever it ends i think it's um I think it could be one one step forward, one step backwards or something like that, where the Dockers have, they took a step forward last year and now we've gone mm-hmm. back a step, but we'll go forward a couple of steps. So it's looking more to next year and the year after in terms okay. of where they go. I think hopefully, you know, the positive headline would be like Action Jackson, like wins the Brownlow and the Normie and and we win the flag and something like that. Or, um, you know, like it would be, it would be, uh, it would be interesting to see that, but I think it's, it's uh one step forward, two steps back or something like that. You know what I mean? And, and okay. it's a little bit of a regression from the Dockers, but then it's, we move forward going, going ahead from there. So I think that will be the, that'll probably be the headline. And if we can like last year where we won a final, um, if we can, if we can make the finals again and, you know, realistically, we should be aiming for a prelim, but um, I think that internally they think they're pre- they'll be prelim bound, but I think um, I think we'll we'll probably yeah finish finish bottom of the eight and maybe win one final. Okay, okay. Mm. So, are you ready for some Dockers trivia here before we hit, wrap me, hit up? me with the trivia? Hit me okay. with the trivia, Craig. All right, what do you got for me? How? How many Dockers averaged more than 20 disposals per game in 2022? Ooh. All right. I reckon we've got Brayshaw and Sarong, so that's two. I reckon Will Brody's probably three. Uh, David Mundy, I don't reckon, did it. So let's go three. There were nine. 
Nine. There were oh, nine. Brayshaw, Brody, Sarong, Young, Mundy, Akers, Ryan, oh. Clark, and Aish. All had over oh, 20 geez. per game. Aish. Yeah. Aish. 20 oh, per game. Yeah. Yep. Jeez. So you, you you had the first three on the list, so you were there. Yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. So Rory Lobb led the club with 36 goals and the most uh, hair dye used in 2022. Or, uh, yeah. uh, who, you know, he had 36 goals. Who was second with 30? I reckon that would have been Schultz. Should yep. Schultz. There you go. Yeah, no, yeah. His, his, his stat is he is, I think, uh, 18 and two if he kicks two or more goals. So the Dockers are 18 and two. Okay. So, and the two games we lost were the prelim, oh, sorry, the, the elimination final or whatever it was, the qualifying mm-hmm. semi final against Collingwood. He kicked two. And then there was another game earlier in the year. But at one stage, he was, he was, 18 and zero when he kicked two goals, like the Dockers okay. win every game. He kicks two or more goals, which um, yeah, it's pretty rowdy, but it's, uh, I think it's 19 and two now. Okay. Who has more wins in their career as senior coach at Fremantle, Justin Longmuir or Gerard Neesham? Ooh, jeez. Jared Neesham early on did remarkably well for what they what they got given. And if you read the history of the Dockers, we got absolutely shafted um, early on. But I reckon, in fact, J-Lo's been there for three years. Nisham, I reckon it's probably J-Lo, just. Actually, Nisham by one. 32 wins, oh. 32 wins, 56 losses, and Longmuir has 31 wins, 29 losses, and a draw. So he's had, yeah. he's had about that 26 year that's... fewer games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now Nisham is super underrated, mate. And believe it or not, um, Alistair Clarkson in 2009 came across to talk to, or maybe 2008 came across to talk to Nisham or 2007, whenever that, before the Hawks won the flag Mm -hmm. and picked his brain about how the Dockers used to. So the Dockers used to play in 1995 the way teams play now chipping the ball around, kick mm-hmm. mark, kick mark, possess the ball. It was him and a guy by the name of um, Rick Charlesworth who were like the okay. brainchild behind it because Rick Charlesworth, hockey guy, and he's like, if you can literally just get the ball up to your forward line by just possessing it, why wouldn't mm-hmm. you do that? Like, And and um, well, Nation came sense. from a water polo background. So he, water polo where you just pass it around and right. you just keep possessing the ball. And that's what Clarkson based his – possession game around was okay all right if we just possess the ball we can just bang bang bang. and you know like nisham also did some stupid stuff like we didn't (laughs) pick andrew mcleod we decided to pick a guy by the name of i think it was groom um instead of mcleod we traded for him um we didn't pick up jeff farmer uh we could have picked up matthew lloyd and scotty lucas but we decided not to but that was a lot to do with feel smart and and also um, our football manager at the time, whose name, uh, Jared, uh, what was his name? Oh, God. Uh, I've forgotten it now. I was going to say, I'd, they, I'd, love, I'd love to help you, our, but I don't our, have a clue. Oh, <laughs> mate. Our, our, how's this? When we started in 95 or 94, our recruiter, Phil Smart, who turned out to be a very good recruiter, had never watched a game outside of WA. Never watched a game of football outside of WA and we're trying to start a club and we had – I don't know. And like we, because the way the way the AFL then changed the rules on us, mm-hmm. we lost picks and, you know, like the best 17-year-olds got picked. So Clive Waterhouse, who got drafted number one the year after, all the five best 17-year-olds had already been taken by other clubs. 
And it's wow. just like, oh, well. And like, yeah, we got we got shafted left, right and centre and we had no, you know, it was the, the Dockers originally were essentially brought in to dilute the Eagles' dominance because the Eagles were absolutely dominant and they're getting yeah. heavyweight plays left on center. So, so yeah, I mean that's another that's another story I, for another I haven't, podcast, mate. I haven't I haven't looked that far back, but did they did did the Dockers struggle those first couple of years in terms of getting wins? No, we no 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 we were really okay. good. Okay. We we were okay. solid. We were solid. You just, did, we, you, just we, you just were not filling the back end of the list with, with younger players. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah okay. I mean it was still a it's still a relatively young team, but I mean mm-hmm. we're unlucky. Ben Allen, um, he hurt his knee. He was like our star recruit. Okay. He had I think he had a degenerative knee issue and like he couldn't play play his absolute best. But I mean you go go back you can watch it on YouTube. If you watch the Dock the Dockers played Richmond at the G first game they ever played, ninety five, mate. Literally, uh, Ben Allen gets the ball. Our very first kick in AFL is him slipping and miss kicking it. And it's like that's if that's not the Dockers, I don't know what is. But like, no, we had a, we had a relative like we had a mix of guys who were playing in the Waffles and good mm-hmm. young players. Okay. Um, yeah, we got some guys back, and and look, we had guys like Peter Mann and Andrew Wills, and and um, you know that were that were really solid contributors. And Sean McManus turned out to be quite a good little player, and you know Spider Burton, who was like this ganglong who they'd never seen before, like he was like two hundred and five centimeters and skinny as a bean pole, but it's, it's a really good game to watch. Brennan, Brennan Gale and Matthew Richardson just go sick and, and end up, end up tearing us apart, but we only lost by two points. So, you know, for, 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 uh, yeah. So we, we were, we were solid first up and we had these interesting tactics where even things like Nisham believe that go up and try and market in the back line, which was completely unheard of backline was spoil, 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 you know, smash their arms, stop them from getting there. And he'd be like, let's right, get right. the ball from backline and just let's let's run and carry and and you know, the likes of Scotty Chisholm and, well, and it, Gary Dirk. It, it makes and, it makes sense like to try to catch the ball in the air rather than pick it up off the ground after you've spoiled it. It makes well, sense. To I mean, try to I do think that. it was like yeah. you can you can attack from your back line. If you possess yeah. the ball, you can attack you can attack and the best right. form of defense is actually holding onto the ball. So yeah. That's yeah. an interesting one, mate. But that's which, enough about which goes, history, which, so, goes which goes back, which <laughs> well, that goes back to the whole, you know, chip, you know, chip mark, chip mark thing. It's it's kind of yeah, you're yeah. you're starting it at the at the you know in the back fifty. And and yeah. it's, that's that's where you're gonna start to progress that down that down the ground then. Okay, mm. so which club have the Dockers defeated more than any other club in their history? Ooh, defeated. I'm just trying to think back. Who have we played? Uh, We always play the Eagles, but we've only beaten them less than half the time, so it wouldn't be them. It'd be someone like, I reckon we probably played St. Kilda a lot, maybe beaten them a lot, I reckon. Melbourne, 24 wins. Melbourne. 40, Melbourne, 24 wins in 42 games. And West Coast twenty three wins, so it's you're only they're only up by one there. So, yeah, well, I mean, yep. so we we don't have a winning record against. Oh, right. we probably beat yeah. JWS more than lost, but yeah, no, it's uh oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And we beat Melbourne like they were pretty average for a long period of time. Which Docker had the highest disposal percentage for twenty twenty two, or the in terms of like, yeah, highest disposal percentage? percentage. Uh, yeah, it would. Either, I reckon it's going to be Luke Ryan yes, or Brennan Cox. It was Luke yeah. Ryan. Outstanding. Yeah. yeah. 88%. Yep. Yeah. And, no, uh, he goes at a hundred percent. A lot of the time his kickings are late. And I, I'm going to, you know, which player that played more than 20 games had the highest on ground percentage in 2022 for the Dockers. Jeez. 20. I'm just trying to think Alex Pierce played. It would be Rory Lobb or Alex Pierce. Yes. One of the, the yep. key forward or the key yep. back. Yep. I reckon. It was, it was Probably. Lob, Yeah. 
It was lob. Yeah, yeah, the big lobster, mate, the big pinchy man. Did you see? I, I mean, it's pretty funny. It went around the Dockers Twitter where he, like, he's literally the first photo of him for Western Bulldogs is him getting hit in the face with the footy. Just <laughs> like, mate, I tell you what, it, it's so funny because they, um, there's a, uh, the, the, he's known in some circles as the mirage Rory Lobb. Sometimes he's sand and sometimes he's water, you know, like he's, he's such a mystery. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's 200 and whatever centimeters and he can get pushed off the ball. Like he weighs about 12 kilos. He's got a, you know, know, like when he got that, when he got his hair dyed last year, I I Mm. thought he, I thought he looked like a henchman for one of a, one of the villains in a James Bond film. Yeah. Yeah. He did a bit actually. I thought he looked a bit like Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. That's who I was. Okay. He was very much a bit. I, I got that. Yeah, but yeah. He, he looked a bit like Ivan Drago as well. Like, yeah. um, uh, pet, you know, Ivan Drago like. You so will lose. Yeah. <laughs> looked at a lot of uh, a lot of Rocky Four vibes, but um, yeah, no, he's um, look. I mean, he, two, he was a he was a frustration last year. Two so. two more questions for you before we wrap up here. Yeah, man. Who, who was the youngest player to ever play for the Dockers? He was 17 years, 288 days old. The youngest player. Ooh. He played 73 games overall, but who, you know. I reckon it's. It's not a name I'd ever heard of before. God, no. I know who, I know who it is. It's someone from back in the day. Um, uh, I reckon it's like Heath Black. Somebody by the name of Graham Pollock. Oh, Pollock, mate. Okay, so Graham yeah. Pollock. Okay, so this is this is what the Dockers. This is a mindset of the Dockers. Two thousand and one Super Draft. Judd, have you heard of Chris Judd? Chris Judd, yes, I've heard Luke of him. Luke Ball, uh, Luke Ball, Luke Hodge. So Hodge goes one. Uh, like Hodge as goes in, one. Like as in Luke Hodge just retired like a yep. year or two ago. Oh wow! Yep. Luke Luke Hodge okay. goes pick one. Luke Ball goes pick two. Chris Judd goes pick three. Graham Pollack pick four. Mm-hmm. The Dockers had the number one and four picks. Right, they mm-hmm. trade. Pick one in the super draft, like the greatest draft of all time, for mm-hmm. Luke McFarlane and Trent Crow. And they, they gave away pick one, I think 12 and 33. Now, one turned out to be Luke Hodge, 12 turned out to be, I think, a guy Thorpe or something, but 33 turned out to be Sam Mitchell. So essentially, mm-hmm. we gave up Luke Hodge and Sam Mitchell for, um, for McFarlane, who was a great player for us, but Trent Crow, who was very average and ended up going back to, well, he wasn't bad, but he went back to, he went back to Hawthorne anyway. But okay. what if you if you read in the history of the Dockers, they were worried about Pavlich leaving. So what happens is Polak was going to get picked number one mm-hmm. by the Dockers because they needed a key position player. What that would have meant is Polak goes one, Hodge goes two, Ball goes three, four would have been Chris Judd, who the Dockers would have probably taken. Okay. Or we would have got Luke Ball or Luke Hodge. So it's a real weird one. We ended up with Graham Polak in the Super Draft, who was pretty good when he first started. Um, mm-hmm. He was an old school defender. He couldn't kick very well, which was a bit of a problem. Um, he ended up going over to Richmond, and he actually got hit by a tram um, one night when, while he was playing. He got hit by – like, not while he was playing, a tram came across the field. Well, yeah, well, he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was playing for Richmond, and he got, he got hit by a tram and nearly died. But he actually wow. – I think he came back. I think he came back. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but yeah, Graham Polak, mate. He was. He's a. Uh, he's a good docker. He was wow. a. Uh, yeah, no, he was. Um, he was a part of the, the general stuff up of drafting that was the Dockers back in the day. Okay. Last he's, one. I. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, sorry, man. I'm just La- giving you a history of the Dockers. Last, I, I appreciate that because I mean, I, I love learning about you know these d- little different idiosyncrasies and that you know the different mm. scenarios that have played out because you know I, I I don't know those things. You know, I'm I yeah. my you know I have a I have a starting date you know that that is a lot later than everybody else's. Okay, last question for you. Of course, yeah. Monday, Pavlich and Sandlands are the top three Dockers in terms of games played: three hundred seventy-six, three fifty-three and 271 who are fourth and fifth on the list and they both played 244 games i reckon it's probably we're looking at someone like a nosy parker shane parker nope no uh michael johnson that's one assuming and you mentioned you you mentioned the other one is it shawnee mac shawnee mac sean mcmanus Uh, luke mcfarland Oh, Luke McFarlane, that's yes, right. Yes, yes. Yeah, sorry, yes. I'm thinking of our – yeah, so we don't have many players that have played 250 or 150 for for that matter for our, our life membership. It's um it's a pretty ragtag bunch of guys. But, yeah, Luke McFarlane, it's a really good player, mate. Look up some Luke McFarlane highlights. He took some big hangs. Really okay. nice guy as well. And can sing. And can sing. Can sing, singer, huh? and, Okay. Yeah, Michael Johnson, really good player as well. Another another great player for the Dockers. Um, You know, halfbacks and a halfback was a – crucial part of that um him and McFarlane were both actually a little bit injured in that 2013 grand final unfortunately and that was probably our downfall was when McFarlane got injured in 2015 with a calf and then we tried to replace him I still remember reading the article we tried to replace Luke McFarlane with Zach Dawson and team defense and I was like well we're who knows who knows what's gonna happen (laughs) so it wasn't very good good. where, where can people find the purple rain so we've okay. So we've got two podcasts. We've got the Purple Rain, which is at Purple Rain ninety five Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on um, Spotify and iTunes and wherever you find podcasts. Just put okay. in Purple Rain. It's R E I G N. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, us there. Because you you would also owed, you would have owed royalties to to Prince's estate had it been the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> um, and uh, the other one is the Final Siren, which we do with the Fremantle Dockers. So you can either go on the Fremantle Dockers website find that um it's under their podcast section usually it's on the home page sometimes it isn't um we interview a player and do a quick summary of the game after every games but our purple rain on okay. monday is like an in, in-depth um review show of the game and okay. um yeah we go through things the good bad and the dockery we look at peel um and we do a lot of listeners questions okay. so if you're a dockers yeah. fan and you've got a question get on at purple rain 95 on facebook uh, Twitter and Instagram and we put up a little question thing every every Monday and you get time to ask us questions and things like that so terrific yeah no yeah. we're um because I, yeah, I didn't no, we, I didn't realize you were doing the 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 other podcast for the club I didn't which you know yeah it, so we're I mean I don't want to I don't want to toot our own horn but we're I think we're the only fan affiliated podcast that's a part of a club so the dockers media team have been they're they're the best unlike this is usually the correlation the better the the worse the team is the better the media team is you know what i mean because they're they're always dealing with people abusing them online and stuff like that well, they, they have real creative stuff that they come up with so our media team are all young guys and mm-hmm. they're fantastic young guys and girls sorry i should i'd use guys as the the plural for both genders hey you um, know what like Hey, I, yeah. I said chicks dig the long ball earlier today. So, yeah. you know. um, you, you but no, our, our, 
our media team's great and they they know that fan interaction is is really important having fan engagement and um having people that represent the fans which we we somewhat do and look i i think that it's it's really outstanding that we've we've been able to yeah so we do a podcast straight after okay. the game and it's it, wow. for me it's very anxiety riddle because i'm like shit like thinking about stuff i like to process and and yeah. go through and review the game and look at it again and have my notes and use the statistics to back up my thought process and all that kind of stuff where straight after the game you're like bang 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 and then they just go here's the guest they don't tell us who it is they're like here you go and you're just like okay what do i know about brandon walker what do i know about this guy what do i know about you know let's say uh uh nadia driscoll like okay let's ask some questions and you know it's it's really good so it means and look the the interaction on that's been fantastic and we just really love that and like we i think that more clubs should do that um so do you do that one really good do you do that one live or you record it and then put it out no, shortly after? Yeah, you it's it? it's recorded by the okay. by the Freo okay. team and then they put it out okay. by the pretty much the end of the night. They bang okay. it up and and they um they put podcast and- up in the vodcast as well. And yeah, it's it's really good. And last year we were at, we had to be up in the in the media center, um, mm-hmm. but usually we do it in the change rooms after the game. Like they put out a plastic table and we sit there and there's players behind us and there's family members okay. and people are walking past and saying, g'day. Like the first time we did it, Sonny Walsh is like, Hey boys, how you going? We're like, yeah, good. We're like turning around and there's people like, you just see people like standing in the background, just kind of staring at the camera being like, but it's I, it's really great, and it's it's raised our profile a fair bit as well. I was going to say, good. I know you said you sh- you don't want to toot your own horn, hmm. but with something like that, you sure as hell ought to be tooting your own horn because that that is <laughs> that's awesome that 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 you have that relationship with them that you're able to do that sort of thing. And as you said, it's something that would be great if every club did that. Be yeah, awesome. and it's 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 a real it's a real simple thing to do, and it actually generates a lot of content, mm-hmm. you know. Like, so, I mean, I I just I think we're so lucky to have a really great group of media. We've got a really great media team at the Dockers, and they they see what we bring, and and the fact that you know we're we're doing a fair bit, you know, in terms of generating content and things like that, and they're they're just a ripper ripper bunch of people, and and you know we really do appreciate all of them down there, me and I was in particular. So, you know, it's really great, and all the Dockers fans, I think, as well, like. The, the feedback I see on social media about our media team is like all positive. Everyone, they're so funny. They do the funniest stuff. They're a good bunch of gags and mm-hmm. they, um, they, they really, really understand what's going on on, on the internet and they, they're mm-hmm. young hip cats and they, they, they're a bit, they're a bit funnier than me anyway, but um, yeah, now we're, we're, we're really lucky and really blessed. And, you know, it gets to the stage where a test with Greg. So we got, I flew back from the US with my lovely uh, fiance. Um, we're going back from our plane got delayed in Dallas, and anyway, uh-huh. we get we get to Sydney Airport, and like our plane's been delayed in Sydney because Sydney don't have flights after nine PM because there are airports in the middle of the city or whatever. So like we're in the we're in the hotel. We come back the next morning, get on our flight. This guy goes, mate. Like we're like, oh, you coming on the Perth flight? He's like, yeah. He goes where do I recognize you from? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm a school teacher. Do your kids go to, you know, Trinity where I teach? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, 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 no. I recognize you from somewhere. And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd do some stuff with the Dockers. He's like, oh, that's right. I'm a Dockers fan. Yeah, final siren. How good. And I was just like, <laughs> we'd just been delayed like literally a day and a half. And my my lovely partner was like, the smile on your face when you got recognized. And he was like, oh, yeah. Well, what do you reckon cool. about Luke Jackson? And what do you reckon yeah. about this? And 
you know, it's a little bit of a, it, it just little things like that, that you, it's weird because we've got people that listen to the podcast and we walk to the games and people are like, Hey, duck and Oz, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, and they, they, they talk to you like, like, like I would when I listen to podcasts, like they're my best friend because I listen right, to right. them all the time. Like yeah. if I met Bill Simmons or cousin Sal or like Mike Lombardi, I'd be like, Oh man, da da da, And it, cause it's all one sided, you know, all about them. Mm-hmm. And like people are like, Oh man, like, Oh, my name's like Greg or something like that. And oh, nice to meet you and da 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 and this and that. And oh, how'd you, how, how'd you go with this? How'd you, and you're like, how do you know all this stuff about me? And it's like, Oh, I said it on the podcast said I got delayed my flight, said I got engaged, you know, yeah, and you yeah. say all these things that you just like, oh, people know a lot about you and they know about your your life and, and what you've done and, you know, all the little things and the intricacies and, you you know, you try and you tell funny stories every now and again. They're like, oh, how funny is this and that and da-da-da. And you're like, mate, how do you know all this stuff about me? And you're like, oh, that's right. I said it on the podcast. Well, you good. listen to the podcast every week and that's how it goes, you know. It's one of the great things about doing this is that, you know, that, that we get the, you know, the, people who do podcasts like like you and myself and and first of all i've not been recognized here in the states uh let's just put that out there nobody (laughs) nobody has recognized me and said hey you're that you're that one of those american guys that does a podcast about australian football it hasn't happened yet now the back of my van is plastered with with uh with footy related stickers i think i have a dozen of them the back back window of my van my classroom has you know, cats regalia all over. And my desk has about 75 different uh, footy stickers for, you know, local clubs, every club in the AFL, all, you know, stickers of Sir Dave, you know, uh, Sir, um, Sir Douglas Nichols and, you know, all, all kinds of yeah. different things on there. You know, so it's, yeah, I'm trying to promote the game, but nobody knows who the hell I am. And, and that's okay. That's okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, Mate, I, and I know Craig, we we're talking about before local footy and getting down and amongst it, mate. Mm-hmm. If you if you ever come to WA, come over and uh, watch a little club by the name of University Football Club, mate. We've won, I think, I'm pretty certain we've won the most flags over any team in any competition in Australia, mate. We won 100 and I think we're up to 102 flags wow. now, which premierships. Yeah, we've wow. got uh we've got uh what do we got four men's grades two women's grades and three colts which are under okay. eight or under 20s mm-hmm. um so yeah we're and like our, our our hit percentage is mental never been relegated from a grade in the ammo's competition um we play down at uh, a place called mcgillvray where unfortunately the change rooms are about 500 meters from the actual oval <laughs> so people have to walk down this hill after they get you know after they warm up and stuff like that but Mate, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love the so, uni footy so club. I, it's I all, hope they... all young people as well. There's no, there wouldn't be anyone over the age of about 40 at the club. All the, okay. the clubs run by essentially uni students. And when they okay. get past, like, and there's a lot of people who like myself, like as soon as like you start doing something else in your life, you just kind of like, oh, well, someone else will come through. And, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a, there's a, in the it, like we were talking about it a couple of years ago it's like who's played the most games as a dad because once people start having kids as well they just stop playing footy <laughs> oh um, yeah you've got other things going so, on i mean that's and that's yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's one of the things on, so. that you know that allowed me to do this podcast you know that you know we're empty nesters now because you know, my kids are my youngest is 22 so mm. you know i've got you know my kids are both out of the house and you know the closest one lives nine hours away from me Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's not that I wanted yeah. them to go there. It's just you know, one's going to college uh, in North Carolina, and the other one is an officer in the Navy. And well, we don't have a whole lot of ocean here in Ohio. Uh, yeah. 
No, no, likes, likes yeah. in Cleveland. Well, we like well, actually, like here, is Lake, Lake Erie in Cleveland? Is that right? Uh, is that well, yeah, I'm, I'm about an hour west of, of Cleveland, and, and Lake Erie is about six blocks from my house. Yeah. Yes. Were you, because I mean, um, are you a Cleveland Browns fan? I, Browns or are you I am a I am Kings. a Cleveland Browns fan. I've been a Browns fan yeah. my entire life, which means that I've been pretty miserable and I really enjoyed what happened to get that yeah. that pennant behind me right there. Can I can I ask you a question? What, sure. what like you've been a Browns fan for a while? What were your thoughts on Mike Lombardi when he was the GM of the Browns? Like he obviously got a first rounder for Trent Richardson, but um That was a great move. Yeah. I mean, that's we've had we we we've had so much turnover in the mm. front office and with coaches and that sort of thing. I mean, I would have to actually go back and look to see what specific years he was there. Yeah, we have not I been think... we've not been we've not been very good since we since we came back into the league because yeah. Because I don't know if I don't know if you know. Yeah, I don't know how long you've been following the NFL, but you know, the Browns left Cleveland after the 1994 yeah, season and went to Baltimore. Yeah. I mm. I despise. You know, I'm told that I'm not supposed to like Hawthorne. Okay. I don't, I don't dislike any footy club. I loathe the Baltimore Ravens. They have no socially redeeming qualities to me whatsoever. I absolutely hate them. And I told Mm. people, I said, if my, if my first wife owned an NFL team, I would go sit in the owner's box for her team to cheer against the Ravens. That's how much I hate them. The Ravens, man. They, yes. Yeah, I'm not a massive. Uh, but yeah. Like, I, I, I don't mind the Lions. I think I've got a, I've got a soft spot for all teams that are terrible. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, I go for Newcastle United and the Lions, and just the the Detroit Lions. They get they're on the up. Dan Campbell's got them going, but um, they are. Yes, the Brownies, do. man. The Brownies. They just Deshaun Watson looks like an absolute. Black. Well, I mean, pl- off the field, played, he's a he terrible person. But... Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not. Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's. Yeah, I'm, not, um, I'm not uh, inviting him over for dinner. I'm certainly not giving know, him. I'm like, certainly not I'd... giving him massage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what you guys do. I, wow. I, I, I'm a bit. Yeah, I just feel like you should have. I don't know, maybe run it a bit more. Like just, just run that rock. Get Nick Chubb in there and and yeah. Kareem Hunt yeah. and just push it down the other team's throat, like play old school blue collar football. But yeah, I mean, that's, I I love the NFL. I think it's, and the best thing is, is that the NFL season and the AFL season literally. Yes. Like uh, in the opposite seasons. It's so good. Yes. Footy finishes at the end of September. NFL starts. NFL finishes at the end of, or start of February. Footy pretty much starts. You get like a a three week break and that's it. Mm -hmm. You're, and you're back into it. And, you know, it's um, it's the best thing. Uh, the only thing is, like you'd know, the time difference is a pain in the right, ass. Right. Like, except, I mean, I think uh, as we we're talking before, like all the most of the games are played at two a.m. <laughs> WA time, so uh-huh. it's pain in the backside. Whereas, what what time are you getting up for for cats games? Um, afternoon it, I guess games. Well, because right now Melbourne is sixteen hours ahead of me, so yeah. let's say that it was a uh, a four o'clock game in the afternoon. It would be on at one a.m. here. Yeah, uh, but a lot of games are on at like sometimes you'll we'll get maybe one game that's on at like eleven o'clock in the evening. Uh, but then oh, nice. they'll then they'll be like from eleven and then like two o'clock, four yeah. o'clock. There's there's like five thirty or five fifty a.m. games. I mean, I get to my I get to my class. I'm in my classroom at six every morning, and I I have the Watch AFL app, so I can yeah. I can watch any of the games live or on demand. <laughs> so I'll I'll come into my classroom and play, and have you know have a game on. You know, in the mornings, you know, and I'll, you know, or if there's not games on during the week, I've got, yeah, I'm watching 360 or AFL tonight yeah. or, you know, oh, that nice. type of thing. Yeah. 
But yeah. um, oh mate, it's a, it's a it's a good thing to have. I mean, in this modern technology, like yeah. us talking to each other now yeah. is pretty amazing, well, and it's, like being able to get up and watch games live, either the NFL I'm, or AFL is pretty. I'm glad awesome. you mentioned how much you love the NFL because I'm 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 going to officially invite you to come back if you are interested because what I'm what I'm planning on doing, and I've actually reached out to some people who've said yes, is I'm wanting to do an episode where I invite on the podcast a number of Australian NFL fans who are also footy fans to talk, oh, yeah, about, big time, man. talk about why NFL fans here in the U S who've not watched footy before would love footy. Oh, it's, I mean, to be honest, yeah. my thought process of it is every position, every specific position mm-hmm. on an NFL field, mm-hmm. a player in the AFL has to play every single one of those positions. So right. you have to be a linebacker who hard hitting, mm-hmm. you know, can hard hit and tackle. You have to be a corner who can defend. Right. You have to be, you know, a, a free safety who can read the play. Right. You have to be, a, you know, like a quarterback who kicks it and actually decides every time you have to be a offensive lineman who has to protect Mm -hmm. you know you've got to be everything you've got to be a running back who can run hard you know and the 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 actual athletic ability of the afl players is is unbelievable they run 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 right you've got to be aware that it's a 360 game as well so you can get Mm -hmm. hit from any direction the hangs and the like like a wide receiver like you see some of the marks i mean i think even although antonio brown shouldn't probably he's probably not the best case but he tweeted out to isaac haney when he took a big hang and he was like oh check this out and like mm-hmm. you know you look at pat mcafee who was big into afl during the lockdown because we were like the only sport that was still going i and got honestly blocked, i like, got blocked by matt pat mcafee on twitter i have no idea why but i did oh mcafee's blocking yeah. I got blocked on Twitter by Matt McAfee. You know, like if you if you think about it, like, and they all have to be able to punt. They all have to be able, like, it's you've got to have the mindset of a quarterback right. all the time. Right. You've got to have the the skill set of a wide receiver. You've got yep. to have the, you know, the ability to protect and things like that, yep. and tackle and and be hard hitting. And yep. and look, it is a game for tall and small people, and everyone can play mm-hmm. it. If you're smart, you can play it. You know, if you if you can just read the play, like a Sam Mitchell brilliant on both sides of his feet but his best ability was his brain you know like mm-hmm. you don't have to be and that's something that's but if you're like a luke jackson who's a freak of an athlete you can yeah. play it as well yeah. so or mark blitzers and you know what the big thing about it craig is it's the easiest game to learn it is unbelievably easy to learn and it's you get guys like when i was in school Mm-hmm. Our best player by the time we got into year 12, he only started playing it in year 10. So, like, he two years he was playing it and he's better than everyone else. You know, you wow. get guys from Ireland who come out and are better. Right, right. You get, you know, you get these guys who pick up the game late and they, like, Nick Natanui, like, he is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's an unbelievable football player. Look, and he's, he, the way he reads the ball isn't the greatest, but he was a bit later to the game, you know, and you get all these guys that are, Really, Mark Blitzavs, mate, steeplechaser, you know, yeah. like unbelievable player, you know, and even like oh, oh, Alex Carey did play footy and then he moved to cricket. But, you know, like you get these people when they learn to play it and they get really good at it, really yeah, good at it. Yeah, and not, not so much where you, not so much where you're, you know, you might not be playing AFL, but just playing amateurs, you know, like right. you've got to go up, you know, absolutely. like and it's, it's not a hard game to learn. Once you learn how to kick, then mm-hmm. that's it. Like kicking, kicking's like that's a, I mean, it's a bit of a skill, but it's actually not that hard as well. Like once you get it down, it's not that mm-hmm. hard. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's pretty easy to do in the end, but look, it's a, it's a, it's an easy game. It's, 
I, I think more people would play it and enjoy it. And just watching it's great fun yeah. as well. Like yeah. it, it's because it's a high scoring, quick pace, no mm-hmm. breaks. You know, like NFL, it's great, but I, I, the first game I ever went to live was Seahawks LA at the Coliseum. First game back at the Coliseum in twenty years, mm-hmm. right? Six to nine, and I was like, and when this, they have the commercial breaks, like when, like when you go to live games and they've got the breaks where the literally the refs standing in the way stopping the game so they mm-hmm. get back from commercial break, and you're like, okay, what is what's happening? Like, what's going mm-hmm. on? Why is this game stopped? And the the time between. Offense change over defense, yep. punt team, yep. and you just like, oh my lord, this game is. And I actually find watching it live, it's good for the spectacle. Like I went to a Cowboys game, Cowboys um, Washington this year, and it was fantastic. Jerry World, ninety two thousand people, right, mental right. people going crazy. But literally, it was also quite. There was quite boring stages of the game where you just like, all right, not like nothing is happening. We're just sitting here and well, because like, they're warning because they're you know, selling you know, because there's all the TV commercials that are on that are getting that are getting the league the billions of dollars they're getting every year, so they can pay Deshaun Watson forty million dollars a year to play to play quarterback <laughs> for the Browns. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And look, the it, it it I mean, we could talk about NFL uh, right. and AFL the comparisons. Like, I, I think I like it. It is really a great. Great game, both of them. But I think that obviously NFLs, there's a there's a few more tactics that go into it because of the mm-hmm. different things that you can do. Um, whereas the AFL is is starting to move towards that. The thing that I think the AFL will start to do that's more aligned with the NFL is the revenue share, and the fact that the players may ask for fifty percent of the revenue, which I'm not sure what the salary cap entails at the moment, but I don't reckon it's anywhere close to fifty percent. Right. And if they ask for 50%, the pay is going to go up. But the problem that they always talk about with the AFL is that it's the, and the AFL PA is really good and probably, believe it or not, one of the stronger unions in Australia. <laughs> like it's actually a really strong union because that's what it is. It's a union. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were, they, they're really good in getting the, the, the middle of the range players or the, 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 the earlier players to get their pay up right, right. Know, rather than the big dogs getting heaps of money. So look, it's a, it's a bit of an interesting one, but we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Cause you've got guys there who are on a million dollars and you've got guys who are on 80,000, 90. Yeah, I mean, yeah. during the COVID year, Lockie Schultz and Sam Switkowski, or might've been Bruley, Bruley and Schultz. They both went back and started working because mm-hmm. they were on, Minimum wage for the Dockers, which is like 80 grand, that yeah. got cut in half. So they're on 40 grand for a whole year's work. So yeah. Lockie Schultz went back. If you if you go back and listen to Old Bull Young Buck, he talks about during the break, he went back and worked as a plumber. Like he's a plumber by trade. Mm-hmm. And he went back and got, got back on the tools because he's like, you know, if it wasn't for match payments, they're on below minimum wage just about in Australia. Wow. So wow. as a, as an elite sports person. So yeah, you know, it's 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 very interesting in that that case for for Whereas minimum, you know, for an NFL plays like what half a million. I, mean, I would say it, like it, I would thousand? say it's got to yeah. be close to that. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, whereas that's that's our mid range to high range players. You know, if you're getting half a million, you know, right, so, right. Yeah, it's a little. Bit, it's a. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the revenue split comes out because I think that's what the AFL PA should argue for is that they should get half the money. Mm-hmm. Like half the money should be on salary cap and soft cap as well. They cut the soft cap. And it's it's an absolute joke, the soft cap getting cut, because yeah. essentially they've gone, all right, poor clubs can't afford it. So rich clubs, you are, you're hamstrung, you know, and it just, it, it doesn't help. Look, it, you know, and, and going back to the Victorian stuff, I think that there's probably, 
four too many clubs in Victoria, mm-hmm. to be honest, in Melbourne in particular, like St Kilda, North Melbourne, Western Bulldogs, probably, you know, they or North Melbourne in particular, they don't need to go somewhere else. They need to go to Tassie, something yeah. like that. And they, they should have gone up to Gold Coast when it happened. Like they should have forced them up to Gold Coast. And, just so yeah. you know, you have made a lot of friends in Victoria in just the last couple of seconds. <laughs> oh, mate. Dead set. I don't care, mate. They stick it up their ass, bud. Like, who yeah. cares? Let's, let's, Victor- let's mate, have- it's the old... It's, Craig, it's the old saying. The worst thing about Victoria is all the Victorians in there, mate. That's, yeah. uh, apart from that, it's a great well, place. Let, let's, yeah. hope they, let's hope they don't recognize you at the airport. <laughs> oh, mate, they won't, they won't know who I am, mate. Only the Mighty Dockers fan know what's going on. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, uh, mate, uh, yeah, apart from that, bud, thanks for having us on, Craig. Yeah, you and bet, if you man. ever need someone to talk it. Dockers, yeah, throughout the year, bud, I'm okay. uh, you know, I've got a bit of time on my hands, so okay. uh, I'm and, always and happy. as you can tell by this conversation, I'm always yes. happy to chat. I think we've gone yeah. for about an hour and a half, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking at I've I've got about four or five different people, uh, including uh, somebody who writes uh, for Sports Illustrated about the Cowboys, um, who nice. said they'd be interested, and then uh, there's a couple of like uh. Craig, um, NFL you, podcasts. You would, you would be, in, in, you would be amazed how many AFL players love the NFL. Well, I like so yeah. The the amount of AFL players that love the NFL, and mm-hmm. if you just reached, if you just reached out on Twitter, just said, look, you know, bang, 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 these guys. Like, if do you want to come on and talk about it, I'm I'm sure you get AFL players. Like, you probably get AFL players come on and say, yeah, I'd love to talk about it. Like, so yeah. I'm in, I'm in a I'm in an NFL fantasy league, and he just happens to be my mate, but. I'm in NFL fantasy league with a guy Eric McKenzie who played like 145 games. He's our commissioner for mm-hmm. for the um like for the Eagles, and okay. you know I'm in a, I'm in a tipping competition with like a bunch of Eagles dudes that are just like they love NFL and they want to yeah. like tip tip NFL, which you know they 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 love doing it. So okay. you know it's it's a it's a, the the amount of NFL guys or AFL guys that love NFL. Right, right, yeah, I've got yeah, NFL there's... NBA. There's one I'll mention to you off air here in a sec uh, that I'm waiting to hear back from, but it's been, it's yeah. been a while, but yeah. 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 No, but hey, it's, it's fantastic. But yeah, you know, you gotta, I mean, it's just, I think because it fits perfectly in their off season as well. And right. It's just, right. It's, exactly. It's the, it's, it's the, it's a great game. It's a great yeah. game. Both games are great. Both games are great. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Mm. Well, Hey duck, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your Saturday morning, sir. This has been, yeah, this man, has been a great deal of fun. I, I you gave me a great <laughs> history lesson. Of the doctors. So long, yeah. yeah, man, I, I should um, look, to be honest, I, I might send you a book, bro. I know that costs a lot of money to post, but I might send you a book on the history of the Dockers um, cool. by Les Cramer. It's fantastic. And it's got like great games, like, mm-hmm. like, People have won the Doig Medal, which is our fairest and best, and like the the players that are the the cult heroes, right? Right. Like our coaches, and like what happened in the early days, and it, it, it's really really good. It's um awesome. really interesting learning about the history of the Dockers because it is recent, but mm-hmm. it's also like yeah, they it was kind of like some of the stuff that that happened where it was just like a bunch of dudes in a room just deciding stuff, and they're like, yeah, that's cool, like. <laughs> You know, and and the 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 footy history of Fremantle in particular is really really amazing. South Fremantle, East Fremantle, all mm-hmm. of the Waffle clubs, like all of the, the those next, like the the Waffle and the Sandful clubs, their history is just yeah, it's um it's something that doesn't get considered. And even like I know I'm banging on about the VFL, but the AFLPA put out something that said they'd been around for 50 years. The AFL started in 1990. 
That's mm-hmm. when the AFL started. That's when it was the Australian Football League. Right, you know, right. Like, let's stop. Let's stop mugging ourselves off and thinking that <laughs> just, just split the history. It's okay. There, like, there were you know, there like, were different state leagues up until that point in time. Yes. And, and you know what? The NFL talk about the the Super Bowl era. Mm-hmm. That's what they talk about. You know, that's that's their history. Like, right. we need to start going AFL era, VFL era. Because if we're talking about like, oh, you know, Hawthorne have won sixteen flags or Essendon won a sixteen flags. No, 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 no. No, you've you've won like how many Hawthorne? They've won four in yeah. in the AFL era, or five in the yeah. AFL era. Yeah, you know, like let's talk AFL era from or, 1990. Or or include the Waffle Premierships and the Sandville Premierships in the conversation. Yeah, yeah if you want to won 30 flags, like Sandville yeah. won 20, 20 flags, 30 flags. Like uh-huh. you know, Fremantle won some flags back in the day. So like yeah. when they there used to be a Fremantle team, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, what are we what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? So, like, you know, because if you talk about Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide won like 40 Sandful flags. They just won flag after flag. They're unbelievable. Right. So, right. you know, it's a little bit of a, a bit of a joke, you know, that the, the the bias towards the Victorian teams and things like that. Well, I mean, anyway, it is what it, it is, it, Matt. It's, it's that way. It's that way here with, you know, with basically pop culture with regards to like, you know, New York and in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. And the rest, of, happened, the, rest of the, the rest of the country's flyover country. Yeah, but, you know, it. but it's it's a little bit more densely populated than flyover country in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's in Cleveland, isn't it? Yep. And I've never that's been right. there yeah. before. Never been there. Have you been to the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville? That's I a, have. That's a good I trip. have not. Oh my! Gosh. And I listen to both. And I listen to both genres. I've not been to either yeah. one of them. Yeah. Yeah, man. Get around them. They're yeah. great. Good. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, I've been raising raising kids, man, and doing a podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, Doug. Get out there. See America, crowd. Yeah, come I, on, man. What's going I want, on? I want to come see Australia, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah de- definitely get over here, bud. Look, if you don't come to Perth, that's cool. We're in the middle of nowhere. So, we're the most isolated <laughs> city in the world. Um, so, if you don't take the three-hour, four-hour, five-hour trip, wherever you're coming from, mate, from, from Sydney across mm-hmm. or Melbourne across, I don't blame you, bud. But, look, I tell you what, if you come to Perth, we've got world-class beaches. We're pretty chilled. You got the Dockers come watch. You can have a look at Optus Stadium. That's a world-class stadium. And, you know, you might run into the Odd Eagles fan. We might bring you down a bit. But apart from that, you'll be you'll be up and about. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thanks so very much. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Craig, mate. Cheers. Sorry to chew your ear for so long, mate. <laughs> Not a problem. Not a problem. All right, Duck. Thanks for taking time out of your day to sit down and chat with me again, man. That was a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. And uh, I do hope someday to make the trek to Perth. Uh, to run into the odd and maybe even not so odd Eagles supporter, because I'm sure there are plenty of normal ones, um, just like there are plenty of uh, quasi-normal AFL fans here in the United States. Now, folks, again, if you head over to my website, as I mentioned early on in the episode, yankonthefooty.com, you can find everything you need for the podcast there. You can get on the mailing list. I hope you'll do that. Leave a review. Huge help to the show. If you want to help out the show financially and keep the lights on, you can click on that little button in the bottom left-hand corner, the Buy Me a Coffee button. Uh, everything goes right back into keeping the podcast up and running. Uh, One-man operation here. Truly appreciate the help with that if you choose to do so. I do hope, like I said, you'll get on the mailing list. You can find me on all of the different socials, at Yank underscore on on Twitter. Uh, You can search up my name, Craig Wessels, on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Uh, You can find a Yank on the Footy podcast over on Facebook as well or on the uh, Instagram page. account as well there. And I do try to maintain a presence on each one of those on my Twitter more often than anything else, seemingly. But uh, 
you know, we'll see how that goes with the, the new blue check mark things that are going on. Um, I might be having to upgrade mine here pretty soon. But folks, look out for one another. Check on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Tell them you love them. Go out for that coffee. Head out to the beach. I know summer's coming to an end, uh, but uh, there's still time to get out to the beach and have some fun. I do appreciate all of the kind words that I've received from all of you about the podcast. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 226 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on, on Twitter or to yankonthefootygmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook, as I'd mentioned. Thanks for listening, everybody. I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. Tell your fellow Frio supporters uh, about this crazy American who loves your game and appreciates you sharing the game with me. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.